there's one experience that stands out as the pinnacle of my discomfort-seeking career. Last stretch, you're almost there, baby. And while finishing the Iron Man may have been what I initially set out to do, to borrow a cliche, it was the journey, not the race, that really set my experience apart. It was about overcoming that mean voice in my head. We all have one. We usually can drown it out by turning on Netflix or scrolling through our phones. But Iron Man training requires me to spend hours alone, running, riding, swimming, with no headphones, and so my only company was that voice. And now I'm alone in this apartment, talking to a camera. And I have to go for a 40 minute run after that five hour and 15 minute bike ride. That's my day, that's my full day is that ride. And now this coming run. But luckily I had a mentor to get me through those dark moments. But these are the moments, right? These yeah. are the moments where you, you don't want to do it and you do it anyway. Yeah. That's Aaron Ferguson, a celebrity trainer, notably Will Smith's coach. But he's so much more than that. He's my training partner, and more importantly, my friend. I'm just afraid of so many things, of like having put in this much work and then my tire popping, you know, on the race. Yeah. It's like, for what, fucking six months and then this shit happens? Are you kidding me? So I think about that a lot. I'm like, yep. what if it's not worth it? Well, it's always worth it. It's just you won't want to get attached to the result. Mm -hmm. The result for us is who we get to be because of it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you finish or not. It matters that you put in the work to prepare yourself as best you can. Mm -hmm. What happens on the day happens on the day, mate. Aaron taught me that striving for personal excellence is worth the effort no matter the costs. In terms of having fun, going out with your friends, doing all these things, you kind of lose that. And over the last five months, I just feel so... There are moments when you're just like, God, why did I sign up for this? It's just so painful. With each day, I became not just physically stronger, but mentally stronger too. I became better at dealing with that voice and eventually even transforming it into an encouraging, positive force. So, when I was lagging behind on race day, as we were having a look at your timing, and, and you'd started to really fade towards the last leg, and I was like, oh, he's gone. When you're in an endurance event of that nature, you, you just don't come back, because it's, like, it's not like you can grit your teeth and, and knuckle down for the next 60 seconds. Like, you've got to knuckle down for the next two, two hours. hours. Yeah. And for you to be able to pick that pace back up, that was the moment where you go, <laughs> like, that's who I am. It was the mental fortitude that I'd end up depending on. I've never been in so much pain in my life. But I'll go. You fucking got this, Matt. Staying at a very steady pace. You're fucking murdering it. So fucking proud of you, dude. And without that self-confidence, I never would have crossed the finish line. Through preparing for the Iron Man, I'd completely reckoned with who I believe myself to be. Leading up to that moment, 
there was this constant story I told myself in my head where I was like, I always get close, but I always lose. Whether it's like playing basketball when I was 13 and getting so close to being undefeated and winning the championship and losing. Mm. Or even like in mm. school with tests, you know, I got so close, but I never got that, that A I was looking for so many times. This constant story of being a loser. And I think that moment is when it all shifted for me, where it was like, oh no, I'm a, I'm a winner now, holy shit. Mm. Like, it, like, I've literally never done anything harder and I won. I beat what I set out to do. Yeah. Um, so now it's a forever thing. I'm a winner. Uh, and that to change that story in my own head, um, I mean, it, it transcends the actual sport. Like it, it goes into every part of my life. Sometimes your mind comes first. Sometimes the body comes first and the mind follows. But whenever we challenge who we think we are, it's uncomfortable. And that's what we're going to explore today. Welcome to the Yes Theory Podcast. I'm Matt Daher. I'm Omar Kandil. And I'm Thomas Bragg. We'll get into it after the break. We know because we heard from Will Smith this season that true growth happens in the dance between pushing your limits and finding stillness. You have to find the time and space to reflect and rest after life-changing experiences, like <clears throat> an Iron Man. A great place to start reflecting is with Headspace. As you heard earlier this season, meditation has absolutely changed my life. It helped me start to deal with the low hum of anxiety that played under everything that I did. And to this day, it's tied with running as number one in my toolkit for dealing with anxiety. I find that on the days that I run and meditate, I'm just a healthier and happier human. But look, I'm not going to lie. Meditation is hard and uncomfortable. Naturally, on the hard days, you just want to avoid it. Because when you first sit down and try to quiet your mind, all you realize is just how freaking loud it is in there. That's why Headspace is amazing. The app has hundreds of guided meditation sessions on everything from stress to sleep. There are SOS exercises for meltdown moments and mini meditations for busy days. There are tons of tools for helping you become more mindful. Anyways, you probably know by now that Headspace is the sponsor for this entire show. But I'd tell you all this regardless because Headspace is actually our team's favorite app. And it's an absolute game changer for becoming more present, especially when you feel the signs of burnout sneaking up on you. Start your journey towards a healthier, happy life with Headspace. Download the app today for free. You decided to upgrade your outdoor deck, so you ordered the essentials, a power washer, a set of patio chairs, and a shiny new grill. And you used your Bank of America cash rewards credit card, choosing to earn 3% cash back on online shopping, or up to 5.25% as a preferred rewards member, which you put towards the cost of your most essential deck addition, a bird feeder. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2020 Bank of America Corporation. Who do you think you are? It's a question that can instantly knock the wind out of you. Not because it's impossible to answer. You could take it literally. Hi, my name's Matt. I'm 28 years old. I'm French. I'm this and that. But most of the time, we don't take the question at face value. Not because of the question itself, but what it represents. The way we see ourselves is critical to just about everything in our lives. It holds us together defines how we spend our time and who we hang out with. We can think of ourselves as a series of roles, a son, a friend, an ally, or a collection of values. 
I'm honest, candid, inquisitive. And we need these things to literally give us shape. Aaron encouraged me to dive deep into these narratives of who I think I am. He calls this our self-construct. So essentially it's a mental way of being. Like we develop all these constructs in reaction to the stimulus that we're getting as children. So it's like stories we tell ourselves or like your self-talk, your internal narrative. Yeah, Yeah, it can be like a mental or a physical or an emotional way of being but we've reacted to a particular situation we know look if i cry at this point that my mom's going to give me attention so i'm going to cry like throughout my life to try to get attention Mm. now that serves you to a particular point but when you're in the middle of a business meeting it's probably not going to (laughs) work unfortunately or maybe it will Thomas tries it all the time. <laughs> I really try. Nobody really cares. It's kind of starts sobbing. Here he goes again. Shut up. And as ridiculous as it seems in right. that, that particular case, we're all playing that out in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and what's actually even like, well, more confusing is some of it still works. And some of it's beneficial. And some of us really gets what, like, gets us what we want. So, but it's not evolving us as a human being. It's not actually taking us to the next level. But, um, Aaron, you're not only like the Matt's Ironman partner, but you also have like a life filled with experience within physical discomfort and personal development. And so personally, what I'm curious about is um, why did you decide to do the Ironman? I didn't think about it in terms of taking on an Ironman. I thought about it in terms of connecting with you mm. like th- that that's the offer that was at hand it's mm. like hey do you want to you know connect your look was so <laughs> funny the way you looked at me you're just like so but so confused and there's like a hint of consideration as well uh, i'm more just had to look at you mm. like just in terms of your energy and you know what what it is that you are really asking and I don't know whether you knew what it was. And it was looking to evolve as a human being and to grow. For you on a personal level, uh, was there something that you felt like you needed to do? I'd been um, in a rut as far as my physicality had been. I was concerned at that time. And, mm. and it's always good to take on something challenging. I definitely needed to transcend. Mm. It brought up a lot of shit yeah. for mm. me during that time. Mm. and and. Like any time that you're going to go through something like as physically draining, like it's going to bring a lot of stuff up. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's part of the reason you do it. Mm. But you'll also find something in yourself that you didn't know you had. Our self-construct is often what prevents us from seeing potential in ourselves. We think, oh, I could never do an Ironman. I'm not athletic or dedicated or strong or whatever you think it takes to do one. But how do you know you can't actually do one until you try it? For me, pushing myself to the physical limits allowed me to see myself differently and find proof that I was more than I ever imagined myself to be. But you don't always have to go to extremes to get there. You don't need to do an Ironman because I think that's just, I think that's sadistic, but good for people. Hey, listen, if you do an Ironman, I say power to you, but damn, like seriously. That's Diane Bondi a yoga teacher and social justice activist. Diane is the leading voice of the Yoga for All movement, which empowers everyone in their yoga practice, 
regardless of their shape, size, ethnicity, or level of ability. Amar talked to her about his journey with physical discomfort. I'm so different than Matt in the way that, that I approach physical discomfort. It comes so easy for Matt to make these commitments to his body and to just fully, to fully go for it. Like I said, I began with the physical challenge and my mind followed. But everyone has their own unique relationship between their bodies and minds. Amar needs his mind to come first. It's not about necessarily reaching a certain level of fitness or flexibility or streaks of, of doing yoga, but rather it's just the consistency of being able to be in my body. It almost feels like, especially living with Matt and Thomas, who have such an easier time with practices. Thomas just hit 10,000 minutes meditation. Whoa. I almost don't have a gauge for what, like, regular... like People, yes. Yeah, yeah. like, He's my, my only gauge is seeing Matt and seeing Thomas and seeing Matt committing to the Ironman, taking six months of his life to fucking train every single day and, and be in misery. And then I see Thomas and, like, his, also his commitment to, you know, being... Uh, being more in his body so that he can be a better surfer. So I often just beat myself up based on the standard of the people that I that that I live with. Am I showing up as much as they are for mm. their bodies? Why is it so much h- harder for me? Why like and then that tends to build up guilt to well by not being in my body, what am I missing out on and being able to create and being able to be in my best self? Listen, I don't know what I'm talking about. This is just my arrogant opinion here. It's also a little bit of cultural conditioning in here, too. I have never seen my parents exercise a day in their life. Apart from PE class, I've never been encouraged to... Like, I had one time, I had one of the best workouts of my life. Yeah. And on the drive back, I got so scared that I pulled into 7-Eleven and I bought, like, Twinkies and I bought the worst food that I that I can eat that I wouldn't even eat regularly. But it was just such such a moment of, like... It almost felt like self-hatred that I would want to take away from myself what I just did. And I and I just started crying in the car. And that was like a month and a half ago. Oh, wow. This is a big share with the world. So I'm hoping that because you are putting all of this out there, that you can clear some of this. That your body is yeah, yeah. yours to enjoy. And, you know, um, I love Twinkies. I love Twinkies so much. <laughs> I don't see the problem with the Twinkies. But anyway, that's the story for another conversation. But it's it's funny because when you said that, I realized that if I'm a five-year-old and I was giving one Egyptian pound and I go to the store, Twinkies is what I would get. Oh, Twinkies are the best. So it's actually, it makes me, now that I think about it and now that I like said it out loud, maybe it's just reverting to that state of like whatever it is that re- like comforted me when I was a kid. Yes, I, it's a love so, response. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. We live in a culture now where eating food is like considered a bad thing. Like having a bag of potato chips is considered a bad thing. Like all these weird and strange things where you don't get to celebrate or enjoy your body. We got to break the bond of shame. Can you imagine the potential because you're not spending your energy in this trapped thinking that has been foisted upon you. Looking back, I spent so much energy feeding into the narrative that I was a loser. I can't even imagine what my potential would have been if I put that energy I spent being mean to myself into a positive force. We are going to take a quick break. The Iron Man was exactly what I needed to flip a switch. 
But just because that worked for me doesn't mean you have to channel an all or nothing mentality. You know, I think people think it's all or nothing. I learned this from my friend Louise Green of Big Fit Girl. She's this wonderful uh, trainer. It's not all or nothing. It's all or something, right? Mm. It's mm. all or something. No matter how much I read about the science of habit forming and the science of starting small, that always just doesn't feel like it's big enough. And even in the consistency of my practice when I was doing it, it was actually more of uh, my teacher would show up five to six days a week and we'd do somewhere between 40 minutes to an hour, which was she she was she was amazing in feeling my energy and knowing how to adjust accordingly. But uh, there was definitely this like chunk of time every day that I knew that I, you know, had to do this thing for at least an hour. And maybe I just need to approach. I I actually today is my first yoga practice after uh, my dropout. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting back into the 6, 6 p.m. tonight. You're dropping back in. I'm dropping back in. Yeah. And I think this idea that, you know, it's garbage. It's done. We, you know, I didn't do an hour. and keeps mm. us from experiencing a lot of things because we think we don't have the time. Right. But we do have the time. It just has to be 10 minutes. Do you think that's like a because I, I see that also in other parts of my life where often that comes from like a this idea that I have to do it perfect, the perfection. Yes. But and then, that's a Western like, ideal. Yeah. And I think the more, the, the more you really get to dig into that perfectionism, it's actually just more like the ego finding an escape. And I feel like... Ding, 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 yeah, ding. Yeah. Like my, maybe my ego is just, like I ask myself now, is my ego too big that I can accept that five minutes is enough or the fact that I, if I go on a walk around the block, I have checked out movement on my morning routine or is it more of like I wake up and, I'm, and I know that I wanted, I my intention the night before was to go to the gym in the morning and then I find myself like, ah, oh, I, I don't really want to go right now. People drop yeah. in, people drop out. As long as you keep dropping back in and remember that 10 minutes counts, five minutes counts. Here's how you get back to it. You roll out your mat next to your bed And the minute you step on it, you do five sun salutes, take you five minutes, maybe seven minutes, and then you move on, right? Mm. I think in our heads, we think it has to be a 90-minute practice or that it has to be an hour practice, but it can be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. And I find when I do that, when I've fallen off and I'm trying to fall back into my asana practice, if I just commit to setting my alarm and doing five minutes of asana, it turns into 10 minutes, which turns into half an hour. For Thomas, he disrupted his notion of self not by eight months of training or five minutes of yoga, but through a test of physical extreme, a trial by fire, or I guess in this case, ice. I haven't done an Ironman, but I would say the a moment where I really saw the value of an intense physical experience was spending 10 minutes in below freezing ice water in the Mm. Wim Hof experience. Wim Hof, also known as the Iceman, is a Dutch extreme athlete noted for his ability to withstand freezing temperatures. When we heard that he believed that untapped potential resided in all of us, we were really intrigued. So Thomas Amar and I went to his home in Poland to learn from the expert himself. You go down. Put your hands here tight on your thighs. Long exhalation. And let the body do what the body is able to do. Don't interfere. Let it go. Which brought us somewhere I never ever thought we'd be. Chest deep in a rushing sub-zero river for 10 whole minutes. We all made it. 
no hypothermia or frostbite. I have never ever seen Thomas like in that much dis in that much pain and that much discomfort. Like the vein on on his on the side of his neck was just popping. I've never seen like that suffering on a human's face. Yeah. I can't feel my hands. I can't feel my feet. Ooh. For me that like I I I went way past what I thought I was capable of, uh, what I thought was rational, and what I thought like, yeah, me, me too. You, you're an idiot, Aaron. Again, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was it was nuts because this water was below freezing and the water was moving, and um, you know, I definitely do not recommend anyone to try that. But it almost felt like a shortcut. Yeah, like we we call it almost a spiritual bypass. Mm. But there's mm. always consequences to it, and you've sort of got to find your way that you can get all that that satiated in some way without mm. having to put yourself in a precarious position. I think it's just because there's that voice that's always there in your head. Mm. And then when you experience it at quiet, you're like, oh, I don't have to listen. Like you realize that it's actually a, 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 th a noise in your head. It's not real. Mm. And experiencing that uh, to me was life-changing. I experienced quiet. Mm. So, oh, that feels really nice. And then coming out of the water, I also proved to myself that what I think isn't possible is potentially possible. So if, you know, this idea that, oh, I mean, this is just my default, this is just how I feel all the time, I now yeah. started to question, oh, maybe I don't have to feel like this all the mm -hmm. time. That, that's like what Wim specifically attempts right. to do as yeah. well, right? Yeah. So he has provided that experience for you, and mm -hmm. maybe it needed that extremity for you. It took until I think we left Poland to like right. really understand what that mm -hmm. brought and I was in a place where I I, I it came at an amazing time for me because I needed it in what way I have much lower self-esteem than I realize mm. um, my own self-talk is, is very negative mm. and I'm extremely insecure about not being smart hmm. and uh, that's fascinating to go back even I mean you were dyslexic or you are yeah but there's just something that came with school and being dyslexic yeah that i was i always felt behind and i always felt stupid like i i was one of the bottom three students my whole life until i turned about like 16 and then i developed like this obsessive behavior towards studying and i ended up finishing top of my class mm. but i have this attitude where i need to prove it all the time and I need to pursue it and show people that I'm smart because I don't feel like I would, I almost, it's almost like a, I feel like a fraud sometimes. And I'm like, yeah. I have these little things around me to show that I'm s smart objectively, but on the deep inside, I'm like, oh shit, I feel like I can't. So these are the constructs. Right. Like that we, we, we talked about previously. Yeah. Which is kind of scary because I mean, I don't want to promote that and I don't think anyone should go in an ice bath for 10 minutes, but I just happen to be at, that place in that moment with yeah. Wim being in a specific mood to take us through that experience. Mm -hmm. um, and it took us there. And I'm sure there could have been possibly other ways for me to achieve that. Uh, but it, I was, it was at a, such a culminating moment for me to yeah. need that experience that it just collided. But I think it was also in terms of the, like the event that we did, it's a similar thing. It's just sort of like we got pushed past the point of normality and we saw something different. And that's very freeing in a way. Yeah. Mm. Like you, you suddenly go, oh, look, we, 
We don't have to be the way we are. Change requires that we break through the limitations we put on ourselves. And that doesn't mean training for an Ironman or doing an ice bath. It means rolling out your yoga mat for 10 minutes every morning. It really is about a sustained practice of letting go of who we believe we ought to be and tapping into ourselves as we are now. Mind, body, and spirit. We all have moments where we transcended our self-constructs, even if it's just a glimmer of possibility or realizing we're capable of so much more. Our challenge for you this week is to think back on a moment where you pushed past your limits. Maybe it was scoring that goal at a soccer championship, the sense of accomplishment when you wrote a kick-ass essay, or having a transcendent experience during a meditation practice. What did you feel in that moment? What ideas of yourself did you prove wrong? What did you learn about yourself? Now, think of a way you can continue that journey incrementally, day by day. Share a label of how you used to think about yourself that's no longer true. Post about it on Instagram by tagging at YesTheory and using the hashtag YesTheoryChallenge. I'm your host for this episode, Matt Daher, but I would not be here without my friends Amar Kandil and Thomas Bragg. This episode was produced by Joy Folks and Juliette Luini. It was edited by Joey Fishground. Dan Kroll sound designed and mixed it right up. The Yes Theory podcast is produced by Kate Ward for One Day Entertainment. The executive producers are Leah Sutherland, Morgan Seltzer, and Sam Rogaway from Headspace Studios.